So let's um, get started with the Chumash segment for this evening. And we'll move on to, as Hashem Yisbarach, the Siyam. We have the Chumash with Chumash food, and then there's going to be a Siyam with uh, Siyam food. A very exciting night. Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev. So, tonight we're going to try to talk a little bit about Yosef, Hatzadik Yosef. A little, a, a little about Yosef and his brothers, and a little about Yehuda. There's like three, uh, three stars in this week's parasha. Three people with starring roles. There's Yosef, gets a role. His brothers are lumped together in another role. And then there's Yehuda, right? The middle, whole middle part of the parasha is about Yehuda. So let's start with Yosef. And uh, it's interesting that Yosef, Yosef, there's a theme that begins with Yosef that, that uh, it's an explosive night, Rabbi Sai, an explosive <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, <clears throat> Yosef, there's a theme that develops this week that continues through next week and all the way into Vayigash in two weeks' time. And the, the, the theme is, seems to be thematic of Yosef himself. And it's the element that, that seems to uh, just chase Yosef wherever he goes. That, that uh, anywhere that Yosef goes, he bumps into something. He encounters something in all of his journeys and adventures. You know, in, the, in, in these, uh, these three parshies coming up, which are really this, like the Yosef trilogy, you could call it, right? Vayeshev, Miketz, Vayigash. Is this triplet trio of parshas that all go together? There's something that Yosef bumps into everywhere he goes. No fewer than three times, but every time with multiple occurrences. What is this? What is this uh, idea? This, 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 uh, this notion, and this, uh, this, this uh, encounter that Yosef keeps bumping into. Yosef, what? What was that? What? Someone said something. It sounded like the right answer. Oh, God, what does Yosef always bump into wherever he goes? Wherever he goes. In Vaishev, what? His brothers? Not everywhere, not everywhere. In Mitzrayim, he doesn't bump into them right away. What? Dreams. Dreams. Yosef is correct. Wherever Yosef goes, he bumps into dreams. This week's parsha, he has his own dreams. Next week's parsha, he encounters the dreams of the imprisoned, uh, the butler and the baker of Paro. And two weeks time, parsha's Vayigash, the conclusion of the, of the, of the old trilogy, Yosef encounters the dreams of Paro himself. And every time he has bumps into dreams, it's always two dreams. A set of two. Two dreams that he has, two dreams next week from the, from the, the baker, the butler, and the two dreams, dreams of Paro. So it's, it's a little interesting, haloi davarhu, we would say, right? Haloi davarhu. Like something is up. Something is up over here that wherever Yosef goes, he bumps into dreams. And not only that, the Torah itself, the Torah itself seems to allude to the fact that Yosef is someone who, who encounters dreams wherever he goes. It has something to do with Yosef's nature. As uh, Harav Moshe just said, what, the Pesach itself calls Yosef what? Hinei? Oh, was it Shimon? Maybe Shimon said it. Who said it? Hinei Bala Chamolot Was Shimon? That's what I meant. I meant Moshe's friend Shimon said the right answer just before. Right? The right answer was... The Torah itself calls Yosef the Baal HaChaloy, Baal HaChalamot, the Baal HaChaloymois. The, the Torah gives him this title. The Torah gives him a title. He's the Baal HaChalamos. And we see, Taku, wherever he goes, he bumps into dreams. 
So something is up with Yosef and dreams. Something is up with dreams and Yosef. And, and this is definitely thematic to Yosef, but it's also a little bit revealing of who Yosef is and what he stands for. I think we begin with the dreams aspect, and we take that, we, we extend that, we see that that really opens up a lot of ideas and connects a lot of ideas in terms of understanding you know, who Yosef really is, what he stands for. So everybody knows that uh, there are, let's say, seven, seven big tzaddikim, seven big figures that we have in, in, in Tanakh that um, we put into a special category. Seven leaders of Klai Yisrael, seven giants, but we make the list very specific and limited to these seven, and we call them the Ushpizen on Sukkot, right? And uh, we attribute special characteristics to them. But there's a group of seven people, no more, no less, that we bundle together and we identify them as representing and embodying certain very basic traits that have to be given over to Kla Yisrael, have to be given over to the Jewish nation. And the list begins with Avram, and it goes all the way down to David, right? This new Shpizen that we go through on Sukkot. And the, the, the total list of the Shpizen is Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. Those are the seven Ushpizen. And they each, again, there's, there's only seven because each of them is um, not just paralleling, but um, representing and, 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 and radiating, giving over a certain midah, a certain characteristic that, that uh, comes from Hashem himself that Hashem wants to give over to the world. Everybody knows, we discussed in the previous weeks, but it's well known anyway. Avram is chesed, Yitzchak is gvura slash din, Yaakov is emes, tiferes, and then there's Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. And um, it's in that order, according to the Kabbalists, according to the Kabbalists, um, we, have, we have Joseph is here now, that's why I refrained from discussing Kabbalah until this point in time. Now that Joseph has joined us, we can really get into the, the real, real Kabbalah. So according to the Kabbalists, we don't go in chronological order, right? It's, it's Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. We go in that order. And also according to the Kabbalists, there's a Pasuk that we say every day in davening, if you come to Shachris on time, there's a Pasuk that you say every day in davening that, 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 uh, that corresponds to the seven Ushpizen, that corresponds to the seven, these seven Tzadikim, of which, of which Yosef is one of them. So who knows what, 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 which Pasuk this is. The Pasuk we say every morning in davening. Again, Sukkot Dezimra, towards the end of Sukkot Dezimra, one of the parts that... What? No, in, in, before, before you get up to Shema. We say it's a positive because, again, the seven Ushpizen, these seven leaders, these seven luminaries, have character traits that they embodied, which are really representative of Hashem, seven different character traits, so to speak, that Hashem has. So it's a positive that attributes different ideas to Hashem, to God Himself. And this corresponds to the seven Ushpizen, to the seven Tzadikim. And that's the positive that we say, Bin Vayivarach David. We say, Lucha Hashem, to you, God, is what? Hagadula, Vahagavura, Vahatiferes. So according to the Kabbalists, this list of seven lines up exactly with the seven leaders, the seven tzaddikim, the seven ushpizen. So let's go through that together. Um, yeah, something that's nice to see inside, maybe another week we'll make photocopies, we'll all look at it together inside, but this week... We'll look at it together on our, our, our virtual photocopy that's 
hovering in the air, right here above me. Okay, everybody see our virtual photocopy over here? Our PowerPoint, virtual PowerPoint, right here. Arthur, you got your eye on it, I see that. Good. So we have Luchashem HaGedula VaHagvura VaTiferes. Gedula, that's Avram, Chesed. Gevura, that's Yitzchak, that's immediately clear. Gevura is Din. Tiferes, that's what we call Yaakov's Tiferes. VaHanetzach VaHod, that's Moshe and Aaron. Moshe is Netzach, Aaron is Hod. Right? And then there's two more. L'chashem, Kichol BaShamayim VaOretz, which means what? Everything in the heavens and the earth. And then L'chashem HaMam Locha. To you, Hashem is... Is 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 a uh, kingdom? You're the king. Hamam locha, rulership, authority. You're the king. No, no, afachad. Keter zayrak. No, really, really, really. Viyidnu luchal keser malucha. Keter zayrak yitzchak l'shmachu. So the seven ushpiz and the seven midos yoter yoter nemuchot. Yoter nemuchot. So anyway, the final one is Mamlocha, that's Malchus. We know that David, David HaMelech, right? David is the Melech, David's Mida is Malchus, is to be the king. But the sixth is the most puzzling one. The sixth one is Kichol Bashamayim of Arts, which doesn't sound like a character trait altogether, it doesn't sound like an attribute. For everything in the heavens and the earth. But if you look at the Pasuk, that has to be the sixth one, because there's nothing else. That's everyone through Moshe and Aaron. Hamamlocha is the seventh, that's David. And the one in between is That has to be representative of Yosef, because by process of elimination, that's the only one that's left. And therefore, that has to be some kind of character trait, some kind of mida. Right? But what does that mean? Everything in the heaven and the earth. Everything in the, in the earth. This is Yosef's Midah. What is this Midah? So, this is the Midah. Shimon is on the right track once again over there. Moshe's friend Shimon is on the right track. That this is, this is, Kichol uh, of Arts. That is the Midah of, 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 uh, of Yosef. What, what is this Midah? Kichol of Arts. The Midah is as follows. There's a Shemaim and there's an Arts. Good. Everyone agrees to that. Everyone agrees that there's a Shemaim and there's an Aris. And everyone will also agree that everything that's down here in the Aris is only here because there's some kind of plan for it. There's some kind of objective. Now, everybody would agree that as well. Hashem only makes things down here because Hashem has a matara, a matara, an objective, a rotsun. Hashem has a rotsun up there for something down here, and that's why it's here. So any item in, in, in creation, this, this is, exists, a phone exists because there's an objective for it. There's something you're supposed to do with it. That Hashem wants you to do with it. Now anything that's down here, you can do Hashem's will with it. You can use it to, to project. You can use it to project. That wasn't this one, right? You can use it to project and to reveal Hashem. Right? There's something that's down in the Oretz. If I, if I figure out Hashem's objective in Bashamayim, then this item now projects Hashem. But of course, we have free will. We have Bechira. So I can use it to go against Hashem. So I can use this to make calls to, to uh, check in with my wife, to, 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 to touch base with her, which uh, that's a very big mitzvah. Or I, or I can use it, I can have it in my session, not to call home and not to be in touch with my wife or to tell my wife I'll be home in five minutes and be home in five hours, right? Then you're misusing it, then you're abusing it. You can use it to call someone up and cheer them up, or you can use this device to say Lashon Haro. 
right? But the reason this exists, the reason anything exists, is because there's an objective Bashamayim that for it to be used Ba'aris. Anything that exists down here has an objective, has a purpose up there. And the point is to use it to project that purpose. The meat of Kol Bashamayim of Aretz is to say that I can do that with everything. That's Yosef's midah. That's the meat of Kol Bashamayim of Aretz is to be able to say, I can take any object down here and I can identify, I can identify what the objective is. I can tell you what Hashem really wants from this and 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 from this. I have that worked out. Kol Bashamayim of Aretz. I can link and unite the upper existence, upper levels of existence with the lower level of existence everywhere. Sometimes it's very clear to us what things are supposed to be used for, right? It's very clear. No one will, will disagree with What are you supposed to use a phone for? Why does Hashem make phones? That's very clear. So that we don't need Yosef for. But there's other items that exist that nobody's really quite sure what they're there for. Vatka. Why does Hashem make vatka? So that may be a controversial question, right? Some of us have it worked out. Other, others of us are still trying to figure that one out. What? For stomach cake. For stomach cake. Okay. Okay, Joseph, that may be a dangerous answer over there. But anyway, there are items in existence that are clear why they exist, clear what the correct purpose is, but there's other... Not everything that's down here, we see immediately what you're supposed to be doing with it. Right? Everybody with me? Yosef's koyach, Yosef's mido, kol bashamayim of art, to say, anything that's down here, I'll show you how that's really a projection of, of some divine will of Hashem. That's really... Showing what Hashem, it's, it's really displaying something from on high. That's Yosef's Mido. And therefore, that's why Yosef is what? Again, Shimon, that's why Yosef has a title, a Torah. Ma Torah shall Yosef Shimon. What? What's his title? His resume. What's on Yosef's resume? Balach Aloimos. That's why Yosef is the Balach Aloimos. That's exactly why Yosef is referred to in the Torah as the Balach Aloimos. And that's why, as we said, Everywhere Yosef goes, he bumps into dreams. His own dreams in this week's parasha. The Saramashkin, the Saraifim, the butler, the baker's dreams in next week's parasha. Paro's dreams in two parashas, in Mikates. Everywhere he goes, he bumps into dreams. And not only is he always bumping into dreams, he's always doing what when he bumps into the dreams? What does he do? When he bumps into the dreams, he not just hears the dream, but he interprets the dreams. So it's more than just hearing the dreams. Yosef hears dreams, and Yosef can interpret dreams. He can give the correct interpretation. He is the poster, Chalomos. He's the one that can interpret the dreams. Why can Yosef interpret the dreams? Because he's called Bashamayim of Oretz. Because what's a dream? What's a dream? A dream is a message that came down from Shemaim. And the Gemara says that a dream is one sixtieth of prophecy. A dream is a message that came from Shemaim. But it comes down in a very unclear way. Very fuzzy, very hazy, very murky. And a dream is one aspect of the Oretz that Shemaim has an objective in it. And there is a Koba Shemaim in this part of the Oretz. But to us, it's very, very, very unclear. The Gemara says that the same way, you know, when you, when you harvest a crop, it's impossible to have a little bar below, um, um, what's the lesson over there? It's impossible to have a, a grain harvest without chaff, without things that have to be taken off. So you can never have a dream without without um, without meaningless elements in the dream. So a dream comes down, a dream is coming straight from Shemaim, down to the Oretz, and it's revealing something, but we don't know what it's revealing. We on our own can't figure out dreams. A little bit here, a little bit there, but we never really know what's going on with the dream 100%. Yosef can interpret the dreams because he's called Bashamayim of Oretz. This is who he is. He is down here, he can take any item down here, and he can radiate, project, tap into what Hashem really wants from it, and he can display that to everybody else around him. 
That's why he bumps into dreams. That's why he's the Balachalos. If that's the case, that, that's, that's one half of what Yosef is. We could take that a step further, and that explains a lot of other things, strange things, otherwise strange things that are going on in the parsha. So, okay, Yosef is kol bashamayim varts. Kol bashamayim varts means taking something down here, any item down here, and showing how something very physical is really there to project, to be megal, as we say, to reveal, to radiate an objective from on high, something inner, something high, or something of depth. <clears throat> There's an interesting medrash that says that Yosef is also called Tzion. The Gemara says everything that happened to Yosef happened to Tzion. Tzion is Yosef. Tzion is Yosef. That's right. What's the name Gematria? Very nice. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of that. But that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Beautiful. It's very beautiful, Harav Shmuel. Yeah. The, Gemara, the Medrash says that Yosef is called Sion, and Harav Shmuel is telling us that the same thing Gematri even. The, Gemara says what, the Medrash says, whatever happens to Yosef happens to Sion, whatever happens to Sion happens to Yosef. Sion went into exile, Yosef goes into exile. Sion had uh, internal strife. There was a, a feud uh, during the Second Temple. Kleistro fought each other. Yosef fought with his brothers. His brothers fought with him. Our sages equate Yosef with Sion. And there's a Pasuk in Tehillim that says, Mitzion, Michlal, Yofi. That Sion, Yosef goes together with Sion, and Sion goes together with Yofi, the idea of beauty. Yofi, beauty. So Yosef is seen to be synonymous with something that's called beauty. Beauty. And we do see, in fact, that Rashi tells us that he did things that got, that got his brothers upset. He was into beautifying himself. What does Rashi say? In the beginning of the parasha, he used to make his hair nice. It's talking about the payas, of course, right? He would make his payas nice and uh, twisted up, nice and curled up. Yeah, of course, what other hair would it be talking about, right? He would, uh, he would uh, groom his eyes, whatever that means. Yeah, he made his eyes look nice. He made his hair look nice. The idea of yofi, yofi, he should look beautiful. And in the end of the parish also, um, it says when he was in jail and he started getting comfortable in jail, Rashi says again that right before the wife of Potiphar started up with him, Yosef again got into grooming himself, grooming himself, being meyape himself, making himself look beautiful. And um, our sages tell us that this is one of the reasons why the brothers disliked Yosef. They had it against him. They said, Yosef, what are you doing? You're into making your hair look nice. You're making your eyes look nice. You're grooming yourself. You're beautifying yourself. It's not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. But Yosef, we know, is Yosef at Sadik. Yosef does things with a calculation. Yosef does things with, uh, with, with deliberation. Whatever he does is well thought out. Why, what is going on over here? Taka, we would say. Why, what is going on that Yosef is into his looks, his appearance, grooming himself? And What are the shvatim misunderstanding? What, what is he really doing? So it's the same idea. Yosef is Sion, Sion is Yofi, is beauty. Yosef's beauty is not... What, what the Shvat and what his brothers thought it was. It seems to the outside world that Yosef is just into appearances, is into externalities. But in fact, in, in fact Yosef is really called Bashamayim of Aretz. Yosef is the idea of <clears throat> using the outer appearances to reveal an inner, a higher existence. And that's what his beauty really is, and that's what Yofi really, really is. What Yosef is really doing is he's saying, I know who I really am. I know. What, what, what my real existence is, Bashamayim. I'm called Bashamayim. I know who I really am. I know what my neshama really looks like, the beauty that I really possess. And I'm taking care of my outside because I want my outside to be re- reflective and to be in sync with my inside. 
I want my outside to be a projection, to, to, to be a revelation of my inner beauty. That's what Yosef was really doing. That's what Yofi, real beauty, real beauty is when the externalities, the exterior is, is representing, is projecting, and letting me have an insight into the interior, into the inner world. The Yosef's brothers didn't understand that that's what he, Yosef was all about. They didn't understand that Yosef had this, his finger on the pulse of, of the inner world, the higher world, the Bashamayim, what his neshama really looks like, who he's really all about. So they only see the externalities. Yosef's brothers see someone who's into grooming himself, who's into making himself look nice, who's into his hair, into his eyes. What? Exactly. They only saw the outside of Yosef. They didn't realize that Yosef's whole meat, his entire being, his entire essence was this kol Bashamayim of arts. And if he's taking care of himself on the outside, that must be who he really is on the inside. Because that's what Yofi really is. What? He, yes, but he's trying to educate them. He's trying to teach them. And he, this is who he is. This is who he's supposed to be. And he does it nevertheless. They didn't, understand, they didn't get it. They didn't get him. They didn't, they're, they're, and, and we're going to go further in the, in the coming weeks. We're going to see a whole series of, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, let's say, um, points of contention between Yosef and his brothers. But Yosef was doing one thing. that They had a different interpretation. They had a different idea because they didn't have Yosef's outlook. But yes, he was knowingly endangering himself as he was when he said the dreams. That's a whole other discussion. He said the dreams, even though he knew that he was putting his life in danger when he said the dreams to them. And part of that as well was taking care of himself, the, the, the grooming, because this is who he is. He's not someone who's external. He's not someone who's into superficialities. He's someone who's into knowing who he really is, the Bashamayim, and letting the Ba'aretz reveal the Bashamayim. So that's why we see Yosef into his hair, into his eyes, because it's not really, again, he's not a, he's not a superficial person. He's, like Rashi says, Yofi. He is Yofi. Yofi means when... There's a beautiful inner world, and the outer world is projecting that, is, is revealing that. And taking that idea a step further, Rabbi Yisai, that is really um, the idea of, of uh, once, we're, once we've arrived here, we have to go to one final idea. That's the idea of tznius. That's what tznius really is. You know, tznius is a subject that's discussed a lot, and uh, we struggle with it, we, we, we work on it, and we, we try to encourage people in our households to work on it. Tzniyas, tzniyas, you know, the idea of modesty. What is Tzniyas really? You know, Tzniyas, when Tzniyas becomes, you know, uh, how short, how long, how loose, how not loose, how, how revealing, how not revealing, if Tzniyas becomes, you know, measurements and, and, uh, and, 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 and sizes and styles, which all too often Tzniyas just becomes lengths, and measurements and heights and styles and sizes. This is this is a, st- a style that is sneeze, a style that's not sneeze. There's a size of sneeze, size that's not sneeze. Then we forget what sneeze really is, and then sneeze just becomes rules and, and measuring tape. And and, 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 and and this is you can wear this, and this you can't wear. That's that's not what sneeze is, and it's tragic when that's not what sneeze becomes. Sneeze is a whole world. Sneeze is a whole idea. The whole concept of sneeze, what modesty is revealed to us from Yosef, is Yofi is beauty, and sneeze is the idea that we want to make sure. That the outer world exists, yes. And everyone has an outer world. And, and this is also, people stray, unfortunately, too far to the other side. When people get overly zealous about Sneas, then where does their, you know, in, where do their instincts take them? People get too fastidious and too obsessive about Sneas that takes them to a place where, you know, the entire, the entire female community of the Jewish nation has to be covered. You cover women. Women have to be covered. And then you're very, 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 very tzanua. There's an unfortunate movement like this. I, I don't know if it's popped up over here yet, but in Yerushalayim, it's unfortunate. It's a tragedy. What? Over here, right here. 
Not yet. Well, and hopefully, Imansi. Yeah, there's this idea out there that 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 you know, if you want to really be sanua, you want to really have sneez, so just make sure. If Mashiach is coming, I guess uh, you're right, because then we can't get any worse off, right? And we really hit rock bottom if they come to Philadelphia. Yeah, I guess. All right, but anyway, so this is a movement, again, it's, 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 it's a, a, ro- a misunderstanding, a gross misunderstanding of Tzniyas taken to a crazy extreme. These people that they, they just cover the women, and they say, you know, that's highest, the highest level of Tzniyas is when there's just a shape moving down the streets. Aside from the fact that it's really spooky, if anyone's ever seen that in action, it's really freaky, right? scary looking. Right? It looks like Halloween all year round, like Halloween made it into the Jewish community over here. You see like this, this shape, like a black shape drifting down the street, and like something, big black shapes accompanied with little black shapes, right? It's scary. It's scary. And, but it's, it's sneers taken to, it's a misunderstanding that sneers taken to a, an absurd extreme, because that's not what sneeze is. Sneeze doesn't mean cover the women. Cover the women. No, no. Akash Baruch didn't make women to be covered up, to be invisible. That's not why he made women. Everyone has an outer world. Everyone has an outer appearance. Everyone has externalities. He didn't make women with their externalities just to be covered up, right? That's not what it's about. But sneeze is all about what? Kol Bashamayim Uvaaretz. Sneeze is about understanding that there's an inner world. And there's an inner beauty. And there's a bashamayim, there's an objective from, from coming from shamayim with this person. And this, this woman has a beautiful inner world. And she's a daughter of royalty. She's a bas malachim. She's a daughter of Avram, Mitzchak, and Yaakov. And look at the beautiful role that she has to play. She's raising a family. She's raising Jewish people. And she's, 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 she's creating a Jewish home. That's an inner world, a bashamayim, something very high and something very deep and something very beautiful. There's a beautiful inner world. Sneez is to make sure that the outer beauty <clears throat> doesn't eclipse that, doesn't obfuscate that, doesn't, doesn't cloud that, doesn't, doesn't distract us from the inner beauty. Have the outer beauty and, 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 and have it with pride. That's why Hashem gave it to you. But the outer beauty is supposed to enhance, complement, and reflect the inner beauty. It should be when I see the outer beauty, I have an insight and say, wow, there's a beautiful person on the inside also. But the moment that the outer beauty becomes distracting to the point that you forget there's someone inside, you forget there's a shoyrish, you forget there's a, a kobashamayim, you forget that there's a, a, a daughter of royalty, you forget there's a woman who's creating a beautiful Jewish home, you forget that there's a, a, a woman who's, who's destined to create Jewish neshamas, to raise Jewish neshamas, the moment you forget that, that means the outer beauty has gone too far, has been overemphasized, and it's distracting from the inner beauty. That's really what Sneez is. It's the balance of Kolba Shamayim of Aretz. There should be a Ba'aretz. There has to be that display, that beauty down here, but it's there to project, to reveal, and to enhance the inner world, the inner beauty, which is what Yosef's meat is, which is what Yofi is, which is what beauty is, which is what we're talking about over here. And we're on a roll. I think we can go for a group broke. We should take that one more step. Let's just take that one more step. Now that we understand Yosef, why he's the Bala Chaloimus, why he explains dreams everywhere, because again, that's the Bashamayim, Kol Bashamayim of Arts, everything that's up there, he can tell us the objective of. And now that we understand how that ties in with beauty, and we understand why Yosef is grooming his payas all day long, and his eyes, and always making himself look nice, and we understand what Sneez is, we can answer a question that we left hanging since Parsha's Chayasara. A question that can be asked at the beginning of the Parsha. This is a question that we so left hanging that we didn't even ask it, Chayasara. So now let's not only ask the question, but let's answer the question. A famous question. It says on, by Chayasara that when Sarah was Nifteres, 
she says she was seven years and 20 years and 100 years. Right? Not 127. She lived seven years and 20 years and 100 years. So what is the... Rashi famously speaks something again. What? So it says Rashi, she was as free of, of chait, free of sin at 100 as she was at 20, and she was as beautiful at 20 as she was at 7. That's right. That's right. That's the right expression over there. That's exactly the right expression. We should get a picture of that. And we're going to put that in the Kailo newsletter. Everyone saw that, that arched eyebrow? That was classic. So, but that's exactly what Rashi says. She was as free of sin as, at 100 as she was at 20, and she was as beautiful at 20 as she was at 7. So how would we say it the other way around? I mean, who do we regard as being more beautiful? A 20-year-old. That is a 7-year-old, right? That's right. If, that, that, that's, that's what we would say. Rashi is the opposite. She was as beautiful at 20 as she was at 7. But what's the word that Rashi uses? Yofi. She had the yofi. The yofi at 20 that she had at 7. Because Rashi is not talking about... The re- reason we would say it the other way because we have the wrong understanding of beauty. We only see what? The va'aretz. The superficial beauty. So yes, there's much more superficial beauty at 20 as there is at 7. But if yofi really means that koba shemaimu va'aretz, that the, the, the outside doesn't distract from the inside, and I look at the outside and I can see there's an inner world and an inner beauty, who has that more naturally? A 20-year-old or a 7-year-old? A seven-year-old. You see a cute seven-year-old girl, and she <laughs> smiles. What do you see? Her charm. You see there's beauty going on on the inside with that girl. You see a beautiful, happy kid, an innocent neshama. Her, a seven-year-old girl, her outside is a beautiful projection of the inside. A 20-year-old already has temptations to focus on the outside and not let you see the inside. So that's what it means that Sarah was as beautiful. It had the yofi of 20, and she has it seven. A seven-year-old girl doesn't have that temptation to just project her chitonis, her outside, to distract from the inside, right? She's innocent, and you see straight into her beautiful neshav at seven. Sarah still had that at 20. Very nice. Innocent, 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 innocent. Correct. And that's called v'ashamayim v'aretz. That's called v'ashamayim v'aretz, exactly. By one final idea before we have the, uh, the festivities, <clears throat> the second half of tonight's uh, uh, Mishmar, the Siyam, Yehuda, we said we have to talk about Yehuda and Tambar. Yehuda. Yes. Ve'oviv Shomar Sadabr. Yes, correct. Yeah, very good. Avram Shagav Bible is exactly correct. That, that uh, Yaakov, under, Yaakov is the only one that understood Yosef. That's why he gave him the Ksenis Pasim. The Beged, because that, that was showing that he understood that everything, all of Yosef's exterior is revealing something special on the interior. That he was linking the Shemaim of Arts, the interior and the exterior, the heavens and the earth, the, 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 the core, the inner Shorish, the root, and, and how it projects itself. Yes, Yaakov understood it. And that's why it says of Shemar Sadaver that his father, his father maintained the, the knowledge of these dreams because his father knew that something was going to happen with Yosef, that he was going somewhere with this. Excellent. Very good. You're, you're exactly right. Very good insight, very nice connection. Okay, finally, Yehuda and Tamar. This is quickly a, a brief idea about Yehuda and Tamar. Tamar is Yehuda's daughter-in-law. She marries first his son, Er. Er ha- is killed because he, he decides he doesn't want to procreate. He doesn't want to have kids. Onan also decides he doesn't want to have procreate with Tamar. He's also killed. But Tamar really wants to marry into the line of Yehuda. She sees that she's destined to have royalty together with Yehuda. So what does she do? She dresses up like uh, a, 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 a promiscuous woman, a zaina, and she hangs as she stays by the, 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 the crossroads, the Prashas Drachim, and Yehuda comes by, and Yehuda, he's given a special, the Chazal say already, he's given the Malach, gives him a, a, a taiva, 
a desire for this woman, and he, and he, he solicits her company, and she, produce, she becomes pregnant from Yehuda. That's the story of the Psukim, right? So then, Yehuda finds out that Tamar is, is, uh, is, is several months pregnant, she's three months pregnant. Yehuda says, Tamar, what's going on? You know, you, 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 were, you were promiscuous. You have to be killed. Because Tamar was the daughter of a Kohen, and she was waiting for, Yehuda had a third son, Shelah. He said, I'm not giving Shelah to her because two of my sons died already. But, but she, was, she was waiting for Shayla. You said, you were waiting for Shayla. How do you, and you went ahead and had promiscuous relations with someone else. You have to be killed. Yehuda finds out that what? At the last moment, Tamar hints to him that he was really the father, was really him. So what does Yehuda say? Tzadka mimeni. She's right and I'm wrong. Tzadka mimeni. She's right, she's off the hook. She, we, we, he spares her life. So just ask a, a very simple kasha. Why is she off the hook? Just because, now that it was Yehuda, it's because Yehuda's the one, now she's off the hook. Either way, the, Yehuda's argument was, she, she was waiting for Shayla. And she was Mazana with somebody. She had promiscuous relations with somebody. So who cares if it was Yehuda or was anybody else? What's going on with Yehuda? Yehuda says, oh, it was me, Sotka, she's right. Who cares that it was Yehuda? What's going on? So just a, a, a very gishmaka idea over here. Why, he, he, he was right. She is off the hook. If it was Yehuda, she's off the hook. Why? Because why did Yehuda say she had to wait for Shayla? Well, there's something going on over here called Yibum. Yibum means if the brother dies, you go to the next one, the next one, the next one. So the Ramban says that back before Ma'an Torah, anyone in the family could perform Yibum. Not just the brothers, the father could also perform Yibum. Right, but anyone in the family can for- perform Yibum. So she, the reason she, he, he thought he was, she was guilty of death is because she went and had relations with someone outside of who she's waiting for for Yibum. Says Yehuda, I can also fulfill Yibum. Ah, but Yehuda didn't, that wasn't his kavana, that wasn't his kavana. Yehuda thought she was a zoina. He didn't do it l'shem Yibum. So the Mishnah says in Mesechah Yivamis that Yibum works even without kavana. Just the act of the relations itself, that creates a Yibum. Even if you don't know what you're doing, even though you don't have any kavana, there's a special halach in Yibum. Even if it's nus. Even if it's nus. As long as there's a Yavim with the Yavama, the Yibum crea- relationship was created and he fulfilled Yibum. So that's why Yehuda says, Sotka Mimani. If it's Mimani, I'm, part of, I'm, I'm a Yavim as well over here. If it was me, I don't need to have Kavana. She didn't need to have Kavana. It was, it was an act of Yibum and it went instead of my son. It went to me and now she's not Chayiv Misa because this is a fulfillment of the act of Yibum. Okay. Chazaku Baruch everyone. Now without further ado, without further ado, we have Seal.